While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. here as well, my co-host, and we've been talking about a lot of things, and we'd love to talk to you at 508-996-0500. You can get right through on the air. We, we do have two phone lines busy right now, but we, we will have a couple open for you as well if you want to give us a call at 508-996-0500. Marcus, how do we do the uh, the app chat? What do people do? So you can go to the WBSM.com app, or the WBSM app, and you can just go to message, you can talk to the host. There's a messages icon there, you can talk to the hosts. So guys, we want to, we've been talking about the Joe Biden visit, but for those of you who are just tuning in, we believe, we believe that Marcus has arranged a fantastic interview. As you know, Jake Augenkloss, Congressman Augenkloss, Augenkloss was a regular in Marcus's program on uh, on the weekends here. And yeah. um, Marcus has built a strong relationship with him and with his team. With a Saturday afternoon slot. Right, right, <laughs> right. So, so, so we believe at this point, things can change, that we'll have Joe, we'll, we will have Jake Ockenclaus with us tomorrow night on the show after... Communicating with his, with his staff. Right. And at first I was, at first I, I was expecting, I said... Well, you know, the president's coming, all that. But he said, no, 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 he wants, you know, they, they, we, we want to make it work. Uh, just give me the times. So, the, so you know, it's it's going to be tomorrow, uh, and it's going to be right after the president visits his district. Right. So we're going to fly get, in with the president. He's flying in on Air Force One tomorrow. Right. And Air Force One's going to arrive, I believe, at TF Green. So Marcus and I will have the opportunity to ask him some of the very questions we're thinking about right now. Some of the yeah. stuff we're pondering on the air. How, how did Joe Biden come to Somerset, right? How did, now, he, we're not going to expect the congressman to give us all the details. Right. But certainly he's going to want to do a victory lap. He should. And of course he should. It's a huge, it. huge, a huge win. win. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to talking with him. I, again, one of my favorite guests to have on the show just because of his grasp on policy and the stuff that he talks about the policies that he's he's into i think are particularly important especially for massachusetts such as transportation and infrastructure that was a big selling point of his during his 2020 uh inaugural campaign for congress so and you know there was talk of him getting potentially a primary challenge on the left right. with jesse Mermel running right. again jesse Mermel. She had she'd had some personal tragedy happen. Her father had just passed away a few months ago. Right. So, you know, it's a lot to she she had she had mentioned that specifically in her decision not to run. But and I sympathize with that. And I like Jesse Mermel. I think she's a she's a good and person. And also it was an open seat. It's not anymore. It's not a it, that's exactly that's exactly right. where I was getting at is I think that he's really established himself pretty well. Right. As one of uh, the leaders in the in the Democratic Party pretty early on. It's or, one thing when it, when Kennedy gave the seat up. Yeah. But with the guy won, now feels a challenge. With the, guy, not... with the guy won, you know, you, you have opportunities to fundraise and all of that. Right. And I asked him about And also, it. Jesse Mermel, it, it, it's rather ostentatious of her if she was going to suddenly say, well, no, I don't care that he won the primary before. I'm coming back the following yeah. year. Well, the, the, so, doesn't happen. 
the arguments people were making during that. Who are these people? People. <laughs> the people. The arguments that were made by... Some people say? The arguments that were made by the leftward flank of the Democratic Party. Right. That were probably more likely that were probably that probably liked Marmel more than Ockloss at the time. I'm not saying now, but at the time said that there were too many progressive vote, uh, candidates that split the vote because there was a Sean Leckie, there was Dr. Natalia Linos who got a lot of votes. She was a she was a epidemiologist during the pandemic. Right. I had her on as a candidate and as an epidemiologist actually. She was very good. But, but COVID still killed her campaign. Here's the pro- here's the problem is that here's the problem is that that assumes first of all there was other guys like Alan Casey who was more moderate. Right. Um, there was a couple other more moderate candidates, but that assumes also, which is never true, that people vote monolithically, and they don't. People no. do not m- no. vote monolithically. They vote for reasons that you don't even comprehend. Right. Right. And Particularly right at the very last minute. Exactly. So I don't think that was a strong argument that there was going to be maybe a more co- like a coalition that would a leftward coalition, a left wing coalition, yeah, that would coalesce around Mermel or someone like Mermel, right? At the to to challenge Jake Ockelos again to challenge a sitting Congress, especially considering again, I think he's been pretty appreciably. Progressive on a lot of issues. Boston Globe did a did a write up on it. Actually, how he's moved more. Um, he's still a pretty. I would I would cons- I would classify as a more moderate member of Congress, but still moves has moved uh, in a more progressive direction in a lot of his um, policy choices and a lot of his his speeches and and and, and rhetoric. So uh, again, um, big win for him. And I, again, if you can't. Beat the guy when he's not the sitting congressman. Yeah, right. How are you going to beat him when he is the sitting? It's hard to beat a sitting congress. It's hard to beat a sitting member. It's just, it's just not. It's not. Whatever her reasons were, losing was the reason. She doesn't want to lose again. I don't blame her. Why waste your time when you know you're not going to win? Takes lots of campaign. Takes a lot, especially against an incumbent. So, Marcus, um, we've discussed quite a bit here about. Mayor Mitchell's appearance with us um, when he discussed um, the zero-sum game that is that is wind power. You wrote an article at WBSM.com about it. Let's not forget that while the president is going to Somerset tomorrow, he's going with Jake Ockenclaus, and that is a close friend of the, of, uh, of Mayor Mitchell. Jake Ockenclaus. Jake Ockenclaus. Yeah, they are. They are. They are. Yes, they're very friendly. Actually, I remember when Jake Ockenclaus was campaigning in 2020, Mayor Mitchell actually endorsed him. Correct. And Mayor Mitchell does not generally endorse. No, he doesn't. He endorsed him in the primary when it was at a time. And you you heard him say this on our show. Basically, he says a very candid answer, honestly, said the political benefits of backing somebody in a primary don't often outweigh the you know the consequences of backing the wrong person correct he very well and and again that was a very close primary right. he could have very well backed the wrong right. person but he was right. very confident in right. Ockenclaus. so you wonder um i have a column on that somewhere it's in the depths of wbsm.com you should you should dig it up <laughs> so if w so if if mayor mitchell Give me those page clicks so, so the, well, i guess my point is is that is that while while there's while there is a competition going on and mayor mitchell put that out like nobody else has um, I don't think that obviously they do have a relationship. And while we're in a competing well, you district, know, Mitchell, not, the door isn't slammed Mitchell on, Joel, did, on Mitchell. Mitchell did. I talked to Mitchell about this uh, on election night in November because Mitchell had said he had expressed 
disappointment at the consolidation of Fall River into Jake Auchincloss's congressional district. Right. And I, te- I said, you know, I talked to him about it. I said, you know, I, I happen to like Congressman Auchincloss. He said, yeah, no, me too. He goes, and I talked to him about it, you know, and all of that. So it seems like they, you know, still had a pretty, pretty good relationship. It's just, right. you know, there's a, there's a politics uh, aspect to this there's competition. Where, yeah, there's 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 competition. So never know. You could see those two guys in a primary someday. Yeah, maybe not. I maybe mean, not. But but the the fact of the matter is that they're they're two guys with similar backgrounds, similar um, similar in age. Malcolm's a little younger. Rockin' right? is my age. Is he really? Yeah, he's huh. like 33, 34 years old. Okay, Mitchell's what fifty, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the. Um, it's very interesting. They, 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 yeah. They, yeah, he's a young they, guy. The, the Mitchell and Mitchell and Acaplas, Klaus, are in the same wing, if you will, of the Democrat Party. Uh, white males on the more they're not left wing radicals at all. Um, both military. So there's. I don't think you wonder about how much room there is for both those guys. Yeah, I mean. Ankenklaus has already got, a, I think, a leg up on that because of his. It depends on what they're running, right? This guy, I think, has got a leg up because of, of being a congressman and having, I just frankly, a lot more money. Well, but. that so Ankenklaus is is strategically located on the finance committee on the on the financial services, vice chair of financial services, right? Mm-hmm. Financial services committee, which is a major industry in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. major industry, and also obviously that's where all the money is, which yeah. means you can raise a ton of money. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, he's on how he's on transportation uh, as well. And I wonder if Booty Edge will visit the district. You know, I, I remember talking. What about Booty Edge's husband? I he's remember a real. He sets the world. Chasten. What's his name? Chasten. 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 Yeah. I haven't seen him around lately. I haven't either. But he's he's a dad now. They're both well, dads. But he's. I'm assuming he's taking the stay at home duties while Pete's working as a cabinet secretary. Flying around. Flying around. Yeah, flying around. Getting left at airports. Don't you follow his Twitter feed? Yes. He yeah, gets left yeah, at yeah. airports. Yeah. He's the secretary of transportation. <laughs> he, and he's, always, he's tweeting out how, they, how, how, how his pro, he got, they, they were so nice to him. I'm like, you're the secretary of transportation. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? You get about? these planes in the air. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. Right. Anyway. 508-996-0500 is how you can get... On the program, just a reminder, Thursday we're not going to be in because there's a Joe Jesus 50s night. So you're going to hear a lot of cool 50s music uh, that Tim Weisberg has um, dutifully curated. The a Duke playlist. of Earl. The Duke. 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 You don't know it? I don't know it, man. Come on. What about Shanana? Yeah, okay. I know Shanana. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Yep. I know that. I don't know any other stuff. They used to be on Solid Gold in the 70s. It's a good show. Look at your uh, YouTube there, uh, Marcus. Your YouTube. Your uh, YouTube. DM Bernie Sanders says in the, in, the, in the 2020 primary debate with Biden, go to the YouTube. Because <laughs> Biden just lied to his face about I love to slap something. the in front of anything. Yeah, go to the, it's funny. Go to the internet. <laughs> it's, go to the, it's, it's funny. And it was genuine because you, you saw him. It was, it was actually, a, you could tell it was genuine, like the go to the YouTube thing because was, he was clearly flustered in the moment. Uh, with Bill, uh, Bill Belichick, I remember going, I'm not on Snapface. That was like clearly like, you know, ginned up by him. Like a guy like him doesn't know what Snapchat is. I'm not on Snapface or, right. or Tweetbook, you know, but, but, but Bernie Sanders was like, go to the YouTube, go to the YouTube. So the, um, we have the, the, um, the internet. Yeah, the internet's a thing that exists. And actually, Bell if Gordon you have the internet, internet right? if you have the internet, you, you can use the WPSM app to message us on the app chat. How's that for a transition? I like it. I like it. That was very good. That was really good. The, uh, you did well. The um, we have the um, 
a couple of really important pieces up there, I think. Um, some fun stuff at WBSM.com. There's some local stuff. There's some very specific things going on that I think you can check out. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, and you can share them on Facebook, share them on uh, Twitter, share them on social media. Um, you know, we'd appreciate it and you can get the word out there. The, um, the fact of the matter is, is that there's a lot going on in the area. And as you can see, sometimes we think about it. We're just a little corner of the world, right? But the president of the United States is coming here. Yeah. It's a huge, big deal, folks. It is. It's a huge deal. It hasn't happened in at least 20 years. And and we're going to see what he has to say. Uh, you know, the last, last mention of New Bedford on a national stage, I think, was Clinton in 2016 saying she's knocking doors in New Bedford during the, on the yes. DNC's, yeah. DNC's. When he came to, yeah. He came to campaign for um, Ed Markey, right? No, Hillary Clinton. Oh, that one, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then later, she, he came to campaign for her that year. He came to, who did? Bill Clinton, he came to New Bedford. He did. Yeah, with John Mitchell. With John Mitchell. Right. Yeah. The um, I was working, I remember that day I was working, I was at my office on Union Street, I was very busy. Right. And I uh, I didn't go, I was busy. The, um, that's that's a riveting story, yeah, Marcus. That was it. The, the, um, look, I think, it's, I think it's a big deal anytime the president comes, whether, whether it's your party or not. And I know, I know Joe Biden doesn't have as many fans out there as, as, as some people, uh, some former presidents do. But the guy is the president. It's, as I say, respect the office, not if you, even if you don't particularly like the manner of policies. Do you? So why? Why respect, respect the, office? the office? Well, because he's the elected president of the United States. That's how it goes. Your side loses. Your side loses. You fall in line. We live in a republic. The, the voters select select. Their, their electoral college votes. The guy who racks up the biggest vote in the electoral college, that's our system. You mm -hmm. can't just at the end, unfortunately, it's one of my big disappointments with my president, Donald Trump, is look, he didn't win the election. It's over. Now, I do agree that, that, the, the, that the media didn't play fair, but that doesn't mean they stole the election, right? So when the election is over and the, the votes are counted, you, you, you stand behind the man who won the office. Now, look, that doesn't mean that you have to you go along willy-nilly. doesn't mean you don't criticize them, things like that. But the President of the United States deserves respect for holding the office. That's my opinion. Yeah, I get the general, like, common courtesies, Mr. President, and all of that. But, you know, they're the most powerful person in the world, yeah. Like you said, they are open to criticism. Right? Well, of course, yes. And they do course. things that sometimes I think don't deserve respect. Well, but, the, but, the, but it wasn't the office that did it. it, it, it it's the man. The man holding the office. Sure. Yes. Okay. All right. I understand. 508 996 0500. We're going to take a break and we will be right back. Download the W. Uh, Chris and Marcus here on South Coast tonight. We did get a little bit of what's potentially breaking news. Just got to confirm with the. Um, confirm with the right people that it might be uh, something that was happening in the city. Uh, no need to be worried uh, personally, but 508-996-0500. We've got a couple calls. We're going to take them. Hello. Uh, thanks for holding. Oh, sorry. Jess Machado. Hey, Jess. What's up? Hi, guys. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Um, I wanted to just call in about uh, the visit for the uh, president tomorrow. Um I just, I personally felt that it was the right thing to not go out and hold signs or protest this visit. Right. Um, I know a lot of people had reached out and um, I was on Barry's show today. I wasn't really sure what we were doing, but, you know, just looking at it and taking the time, I still think people need to have a little bit of respect for, you know, the office itself. Um, and then not only that, but, 
you know, wasting police resources on potentially, you know, issues with protesters, um, large crowds. They really are already strapped um, and need to focus their energy and efforts on, you know, the the visit. And if you start getting a bunch of people out there, um, it's, you know, having done rallies before, contingent on who shows up, these things can just kind of get away from you and you really need the support of the police in town or the city that you're in. And I just feel like our, our police department deserves for us to kind of sit this one out. That's a great um, point, Jess. Because, yeah, it is. Because, because as you point out, the... The police are going to ultimately be reimbursed by the federal government for everything they spend. The town will be ultimately. But what the bill is, is really entirely up to the citizens of the area and how they react. Yeah. And and I also really feel like when you're doing a standout or a rally, my rule of thumb is we're there to support the person or the cause. And this wouldn't be that. We're not there to support him. I would never support him. Um, We're not there to support his cause or whatever he's out there to do. We really don't even know what he's going to be talking about. We're assuming I mean, do you not know what he's going to be talking about, really? Well, I mean, obviously, we're assuming it has something to do with wind energy, right? That that Brayton Point power plant is no longer there. Um, We're going to be manufacturing um, cables for the wind energy projects that are going to be going on offshore. So I'm assuming it has something to do with that. But Mm -hmm. I I just feel like if you're going to go out and you're going to hold signs and you're going to organize, it should be in support of something and never against something. Um, And so, you know, I'm asking people to not go out there. I know there's some people that are organizing some things to go out, and I get it. Everybody's been chomping at the bit to go out and hold Trump flags. Nobody more than me, um, except you, Marcus, maybe. But um, I just think <laughs> it's it's really the right thing to sit this this one out. No, and, I agree with um, you. It looks like a sore loser when you get out there with those Trump flags. Yeah, I mean, let, right. let the let the president have his moment. He won the election. Let him have the moment. Yeah. I agree no, with you, We're Jess. better than that. You know what I mean? We really are. And I, Plus, I it's a waste of, like, as you pointed out, over, you know, on other, on other issues, it's a waste of your time and a yep. waste of, of momentum. I mean, yep. I don't, you know, it'd be like a congresswoman just protesting in front of in front of uh, the Supreme Court. It's useless. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing is it's it's so hard to get people to come out and hold signs for, like, down-ballot candidates. You know what I mean? And yet people will go out and protest the president coming when we really need bodies out there holding signs for visibility events for state rep candidates and local races. And that's really where the energy should be shifted um, because that can actually make a difference in your day-to-day right now. We can't control him. He's already there. Right. He's already making a mess. Right. You, you don't want to make, and you don't, and you don't want to make, Jess, you don't want to make a spectacle of the town of Somerset. I mean, that's what right. it really comes down to. You don't right. want to have some nasty scene take place that the that the, that the national media can exploit. You really don't, yeah. Jess. Jess, yeah. Jess, who do you have uh, on tap for this weekend? I, you know what? It's actually a very fluid situation. I after I my last that show, yeah, I'm sure you do. After my last show, I got a lot of messages from a lot of candidates. Um, and then I had some tips on some people that would maybe be a good fit for some subjects. So I'm hoping to kind of solidify things by tomorrow. But it's um, I know there's a lot of people that I, I think are really interesting um, that we need to get in and start talking about some stuff. So hopefully tomorrow I'll have everything narrowed down. But as you know, it, it can change at any minute. Looking forward to hearing that. Thanks, Jess. Yeah, Appreciate the you call. You guys are doing a great job. Thanks, Thank Jess. you so much. You. 508-996-0500. Let's go back to the phones. Good evening. Thanks for holding. I absolutely have no respect for the politicians. And until they respect us, then I will respect our politicians in both parties. They're scumbags. Good night. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Succinct. All right. All right. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, there's... Glad you were able to provide that forum for you, sir. I, I, yeah, no, I... I 
I didn't I didn't hate the I didn't hate the commentary. I think there's a lot of good people in politics that really want to do good work and, Wasn't and George actually help Washington people. in politics. George Washington, I believe, was in politics. Right. Wasn't, uh, in wasn't the, uh, John Kennedy uh, in politics? Yeah. Are we calling? Are we saying George Washington's a good person? Yeah, he was. Okay. All right. Why you're not? George Washington. George was a fantastic guy. Father oh of yeah, no, I know. He used to punch out his uh, slaves' teeth and make well, a fake one for himself. Did he need the slaves? Did he need, did he the need them? He needed the teeth, didn't he? He needed the teeth. Wasn't that how dentistry worked back then? I'm serious. Hmm? Didn't they use real teeth of other people? Right, but he was a slave owner and an aristocrat. I, I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't classify him as a particularly like a model for the type of person you should be. Uh, John Kennedy, I would say yes. If George you, Washington, I would say I'm not so sure. Uh, John well, Kennedy, you can't own slaves anymore. I mean, it's against the law. So obviously that we, we we've gotten rid of that. Right, but he wasn't fighting. Well, I don't think. They, but there were actual abolitionists in the of the found. So there were found abolitionists in the founding fathers. Ben there Franklin. were some. Yeah, right. So it's not like oh, this was a novel issue until but, you know but, but until the, Abraham Clinton, but Abraham Lincoln. The totality Lincoln. of George Washington's life is not summed up by the fact that he owned slaves. I hope. I mean. I think when you come on, you know. I think when you admit, was, right? I think when you ad administer. I, look, look, I'm not saying that the legacy of the founding fathers isn't complicated, but I think when you administer, when you administer uh, a legacy of of, I think that's part of your legacy is administering suffering on a on a on a mass scale, and you, you can't run away from it. So when we talk about, you know, when I say there are good people in politics, the person that comes to mind isn't somebody like. George Washington, frankly, he's not the model of a good person that I would I would say that he is. Did he have some really good ideas? Was Jack Kennedy? Did Jack Kennedy have a better personal life than George Washington? I think Jack Kennedy had a better personal life than George Washington. I think he did. Really? I think he. I. I think. Yeah, and I think his vision. I think his. I. I just. I know George Washington was a person with a lot of vision. Right? He could have been the king of 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 America and then he decided let's like let's be president which is kind of like the functional equivalent of like calling someone dude right in terms of the drop off between a, a monarch and a and a president but i think JFK you know despite some of the um his less Despite some of, despite his uh, romantic infidelities, no, we'll I wasn't call talking about that. Okay, I thought that's what you were talking about. Despite no, his romantic, about that. his romantic inf infidelities, I think did do a lot of good things, and I think aspired to do a lot of good you think things. Him, you think him involving us in Vietnam was was good? That wasn't good. That sure, that for sure was not good. What about the Bay of Pigs invasion? What the about Bay, the Bay of Pigs? The Bay of Pigs invasion was not good either, for sure. The all the, the multiple times he tried to kill Castro. Mm-hmm. The bugging of Martin But don't Luther you support King. that stuff? I'm asking you. Don't you support that stuff? Oh, definitely. They should have whacked Castro right away. Right. So I don't know why you're citing the Bay of Pigs no, as the best thing. I'm asking you. John Kennedy was far more disastrous from your perspective than, than George Washington. I don't think that's necessary. I, I don't I don't think that's true. I mean I think John Kennedy's George Washington helped get Thomas Paine well, back. I think John Kennedy's I think John Kennedy's platform in terms of you know the 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 vision like a lot of LBJ's great society that was basically just modeled after Kennedy's platform. Now, Correct. the irony is Kennedy, frankly, Kennedy's death is what helped mobilize it, Correct. right? Mobilize that coalition behind LBJ. A good career move. 
unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, but but I think that his vision, his platform, what he wanted, I think was I think very aspirational. I think there's a lot of people actually in the left that don't like the Kennedys and all of that for a lot of reasons. But I think that they look at like there's including there's Ed, one sitting Ed Markey. There's one there's one sitting president in the last fifty, including Ed Markey. There's one sitting president in the last fifty years, right? In the last fifty sixty years that supported a single payer health care while they were a sitting president. And that was John F. Kennedy. Yeah, he supported a single payer system. You know, that's how we got um you know, that's how we got the uh Medicaid, that's how we got social security disability. A lot of the things that came from the 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 Great Society was all well was all his his vision. So how did I forgot oh we got into that because we were talking about politicians right. being you know saying oh politicians are scumbags. I think there's some good people. I think there's some really bad people. Well you and I didn't say politicians are scumbags. I didn't say that. One, neither did I. One of our callers did. I think that there are That's some five zero eight nine nine six zero five. And you can and you can let us know what you think of 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 politicians as well. But I think there are some politicians, especially I mean here in the local level. I think there's absolutely for sure. But I think even in the national level, there's some transparently decent people that are trying to do good do good work. Who you know, there's some people that I wouldn't classify. You know, I just read a story today about Joe Manchin uh, federally protect. You know, working to federally protect land around a vacation condo that he had, but. Um, Wait, you don't like federally protected land? I like federally protected land. Wait, I don't necessarily doing? like federally protected land to enrich, enrich the value of your property, right? Like that's the only John Kennedy wouldn't have done that. <laughs> that all that federally protected <laughs> land is in the outer cape. Oh, okay. that's all in the outer cape. Oh, okay. That's not. That's not. The, cape Cod National Seashore goes from I think Chatham up to Provincetown. It doesn't go to Hyannisport. <laughs> Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. So we have um we have the big visit coming tomorrow. The president's coming down here to a southeastern Massachusetts. He's going to fly into Rhode Island. He's going to fly into TF Green. I believe the estimated time is just from the press details that I got is one thirty five. I believe one thirty five is his is when he's supposed to arrive in um in TF Green and Warwick. So I don't know what that means, and I know the drone. The drones. There's a no-fly order for drones okay. from twelve to four thirty. So we're expecting if if he's getting if he's landing on one thirty-five. Air Force One's landing at one thirty-five. Right. He's going. Let's say he leaves right there. He's probably getting to Somerset. Two thirty, let's say two thirty. Right. I I don't know how quickly the president gets from point A to point B. I imagine it's longer than they don't those wait people. in traffic. That's that's a good point. Right, everybody gets out of the way. That's a good point. I have to actually. So I'm supposed to go to Fall River for something, right? I'm not going to go tomorrow. No, I don't think that's a good idea. Um, I'm going to go Thursday. I can remember when I worked out at New, New Bedford Airport and um, Bill Clinton would regularly vacation on Martha's Vineyard. So he would fly, he would fly right over yeah. New Bedford, right? Right. And so they would have to shut down all the airspace around. Yeah. And um, so Cape Air would be grounded for the, mm -hmm. you know, for for a long time, because uh, they don't tell you they don't ground it for a half hour because that tells you when he's going to be here, right? right? So usually I think it was like a three hour, four hour window, something like mm -hmm. that. Um, so they can fly in and out without having to worry about someone laying in wait for them, really, right? right. So um, tomorrow you're not going to see a lot of planes in the sky for a while. No, if you're over there in uh, Ward One, especially, you're not going right. to see him take off from right. the uh, from the airport because right. they're not able to. At least from twelve, I believe it's twelve to four thirty is the window. So that's that's so that's when he's and again he's expected to arrive on the tarmac at TF Green Air Force One on the tarmac at TF Green in Warwick at one thirty five. That's from the press details I got from the White House. And then obviously the straight shot is right down one ninety five. Yeah, well ninety five to one ninety five. Yep. So if you are 
planning to be over in that area tomorrow. You probably shouldn't. Again, right. I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to Fall River tomorrow. Why bother? Right. You know, because uh, it would just frankly be a hassle. Right. So, right. but I did think that was. I think I did think what Jess Machado said was good about people who, and she's a Republican. People who, you know, it's no sense protesting, and I don't think I do think it would be a bad look for the area. Right? It actually plays into what I was saying earlier is that you need to coalition builds to right. actually get s- consensus on a on a higher level because she actually said that this, sounds very marxist she said she said well listen right doesn't it so she said to me on friday Lynch, actually but she said on uh, to me on friday that i have to work my way through chris's interruptions <laughs> it's like a barrage right it's like when you're walking out into the ocean and there's waves hitting you and you just want to keep going forward you keep just going. you just keep working keep going so <laughs> she said that uh getting the gathering the truth section get, gathering the signatures for to repeal the work and family mobility act she classified as a waste People don't of know time that, is. that means the driver's license bill for illegal aliens or undocumented workers the driver's license bill. Right. There you go. It's okay. That's how people at home will understand. But they don't the Work and Family Mobility Act is <laughs> the, the official title for the legislation that's going to give driver's licenses to undocumented residents. Or, or better yet, going to hold you up at the registry for another hour next time you try to go there. So anyway, she said collecting those signatures was a waste of time. <laughs> was a waste of time because what you should be doing is trying to coalition build. Because if you wanted this legislation to be stopped, you could have spent if you spend your time building a coalition of more conservative candidates right. to to stop it from happening. Maybe at the very least, stop it from having a veto-proof majority. Right. Then you would have actually done something, is what she said. Now I think, like I said, I said that in the opposite direction of you know if you want to sort of defeat the more the mansion let's call it the mansion wing of the party the mansion cinema wing of the party you need to start coalition coalition building at the lowest levels and as you know as you build up you will build a base to defeat you know the, the basically the final boss if i'm going to put it in video game terms you know the bowser of the <laughs> the bowser of the of the another uh, shot in our reference yeah, Bowser, yes, yeah. you're right. You're right. It is a shun on our reference. So uh, 508-996-0500. Let's actually just take a break now, and then uh, we'll be right back. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris and Marcus here on 1420-99.5 WBSM. New Bedford's News Talks. That scene in Sopranos where um, Junior <laughs> really loves his doctor. And his doctor might not be a great doctor. John Kennedy. But his doctor's name was John Kennedy. Well, I, I, and he I, just speaks of him with such like, such like... Uh, reverence, right? It was just so effusive. And he just, yes. even like every time he mentions him, he like looks to the sky and says, John Kennedy. Right. And and then Tony, uh, Tony was like, hey, uh, Uncle June, didn't, uh, didn't uh, JFK, you know, go after the wise guys? And he's like, that was his brother. Right. <laughs> right. right. He, just he goes, that was his that was brother because oh okay <laughs> they'll never make a tv show like that again no it was brilliant and i i don't i don't like to say things like that but really that was one of the greatest tv shows it was the i think the greatest tv show of all time because it had it had everything it was you know it had well, scenes- Marcus, you never saw bj in the bear though did you 
Don't do that. A lawn no, no, truck no, driver with no, a monkey? Nope. I've heard this one. I've heard this shtick. That was nope. better than Soprano. <laughs> no. Nope. That's the only one. <laughs> but no, it was it was dramatic. It was also funnier than most comedies. Right. It was just a brilliant show through and through. And um and a lot of those even that the acting. But there the was no monkey on the show. Well, they never a had a monkey. There was a horse. Well, look what happened to the horse. I know. Oh, poor thing. Pie oh my. Poor pie thing. Oh my. Yeah, pie oh my. See, no one did that to the monkey on BJ and the Bear. The monkey, monkey lived a charmed life. Do you think, though, that Ralphie actually killed pie oh my? Oh, he definitely did. You he think so? He cooked that horse. Yeah. He cooked that horse. You know, it's funny. That when, was a powerful when, when, scene, man, because I like horses. When, uh, when Tony was... Um, giving Ralphie the business, we'll say, and he says, she was a beautiful, sweet, innocent creature. You don't know if he's actually talking about Pio Mai or the woman that oh, no, Ralphie thought, did in. I think he's talking about the horse. I, I think it's left imbi- I think it's left kind of ambiguous because he Tony takes a liking to uh, Ralphie's, let's say, Guma, our girlfriend at the time. I so still, I think I, it's, and I she's like a young, nice girl. Right, but she's a pain in the butt to him. And the, how about the other girl, too, the Cuban girl? He goes, he goes, I already took his horse, and she gets all mad and slaps him. Hmm. Right? Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. Before Piomai right. gets, gets killed. But the, um, I, I, look, for all the killing on that show, and I know this sounds like I, something wrong with me, but I really thought the, uh, when they dragging the horse away after the fire. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was brutal. It was really sad. Right? Compared... Yeah. Which is which is weird, right? And you know, because they're killing humans left and right on the show. And Tony does does show uh, um, an, uh, a special level of affection for animals, the ducks. You know, who else did? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, was a big animal rights guy. Who Hitler? <laughs> no, you what? No, no, I, no. I'm ser- I'm very serious about that. So I, I I always thought that was one of the things they were trying to draw out. Oh, uh, maybe was that was that he can't he didn't care about human beings, but he loved animals like Hitler. yeah. That could be that could be true. Yeah. I um, I I and when Ralphie says to him, "Look at you with the horse, you eat you eat beef <laughs> and chicken by the truckload by the <laughs> by the cartload." Yeah. I thought, he goes, "What you goes? What are you?" He goes, "What are you an animal rights activist right. now? You eat beef and sausage." She said, "By the cartload." By the cartload. And, and that's when he. That's when he railed. You know, when he went I into mean, him. Cartload is the greatest. Term. <laughs> yeah. So funny. so specific, right? <laughs> I know. Then he uh, loses his mind. That that really was a great show. That was a great show. Ralphie was a, I think, a very classically evil character too. He was, oh yeah. You know, and and like in a way that Tony wasn't really couldn't be. Um, and it did not glorify. The gangster life. No, whatsoever. I think people that here's the thing too. You miss the point. I think yeah. that you miss the point of the show when you right. do that. You know, you miss the point of the show when you say, "Isn't that this so cool?" Because it's supposed to be these guys are awful. They're overtly awful, and their lives are awful. And they're, yes, exactly. They're, they're miserable in themselves, right. and they're everything their that they children are horrible. There's a there's the Columbus Day episode. The beginning of the Columbus is one of my favorite scenes of the whole show. Beginning of the Columbus Day episode. Who they're all root they're all that? they're all sitting they're all sitting outside. <laughs> They're all sitting outside of uh, Satriel's, and uh, except for Tony, everybody else basically sitting outside of Satriel's, and there's protests going on ab- about Columbus Day right. by indigenous people, and uh, they're all talking. Ayanna then, Presley, and they're right. all talking about. They're all talking about Vito sitting out there sunning himself right. in the middle of the day, saying. What did we get that we didn't have to work our this off for? Right, 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 right? Well, right. Vito is sunning himself outside. Right, right. Just the whole thing. And then Bobby says basically the same thing. Oh, I'd love to get high all day and, you know, uh, collect government checks while he's right. literally doing that. Right, right? I'd love to sit yeah. and smoke mushrooms all day. Yeah, that's what it is. Right. Yeah, yeah. 
Right. Yeah, I think people that it's it's a show very much about decline, you know, and and I think, yeah, people who glorify it or glorify the things that they do. Of course, he's a, you know, you make jokes about, you know, oh, Tony Soprano is awesome and all this other right. stuff. But really, a, you know, a, a, a miserable person just in his personal life and and just in the the pain he administers to everybody else. Right. No, no, it's, it's a it's a and all the, the stuff with the mother and everything like that. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, look, it's it's. You know the the uh, discussions about you know it it, it um look I think we were all wished it kept going because there was yeah. a lot more to go there was yeah. a, there was still a big hole there's a big hole in television right what do you think of the ending um I thought it was appropriate I th- I think so too I mean I don't know how I could dare say that I could have done it better do you know what I mean did we mention that we were talking about the Sopranos did I say that. Did I just start saying Uncle June like everybody knew what I was talking about? (laughs) I try to do that. Welcome to South Coast. If I say Uncle June or Tony, I'm talking about the Sopranos, by the way. Welcome to South Coast tonight. Welcome to South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. uh, He's Chris. And we were talking about the Sopranos. I thought the ending was appropriate, too, because the way it's supposed to end is one of these things is going to happen to Tony, right? It's going to be the FBI is going to come and arrest him. He's going to get whacked, right? right? And I think there was like that was Matt Werner. Who ended up going on to create Mad Men? Right. Wrote that scene. Wrote that episode with Terrence Winter, who went on to create Boardwalk Empire. Oh, they really? they wrote that together. Yeah, it's amazing the, the talent that came out of that writers' room. And they even said like the the way it's supposed to be is like all of these things could be coming at Tony, like and one of them's going to happen. Right. We just don't know which one. You know, you just don't know which one it is. But the fact of the matter is, and I think in a way it's like. People like Tony, like Chris, like when Tony whacks Chris, it seems like Chris wants out, wants out oh, yeah. right? Tony, I think in a way, wants out, but just doesn't have the wherewithal to get out right. himself. Right. And so I think that's the, I, I, that's why I think the, the ending was good. And the, the other thing about it is it's an ending people keep talking about. Yes. Right. Yes. People keep talking about I, it. I think that the thing about the ending is, first of all, they did such a great job with that show. How in the world could I then, I was, I, I didn't want it to end. Right. Yeah. So any ending that they came up with, I wouldn't have been happy with. Right. So how dare I now say, oh, yeah, right. Ending, right. Yeah. I mean, there's some endings that are like overtly, objectively bad, but that one, that one, people still keep talking about. So because it didn't happen. Right. It didn't. There happen. was no ending. It just right. stopped. Right. And also, I, I kind of liked it. Like, you don't need a finale. You don't need it. Like, life does go on, so you don't actually need like a, a perfectly like you know. You know life is not choreographed. Life is not choreographed. Exactly. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. We're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. Fourteen. Next, we've got a caller. We've got a special guest, Ken Pittman, on the line to talk Sopranos. Hey, Ken, how's it going? Well, I I couldn't not call because you were talking Sopranos, and you, you always wonder if if uh, he wouldn't have got the role without that voice. He certainly had the look, but the voice really made it for me. Uh, I thought that was a perfect choice. But Tony, funniest line, about. yeah, James yeah. Gandolfini. Yeah, the funniest line that I can remember is just it just points out how chronically arrested their development was as human beings. And, and so when Chris and Vito, they had some kind of fight and Tony was absent and, and Chris threw a big Italian sub off of Vito and they, they both went for their guns and it got broken up. The next day, Tony keeps those two back after the meeting's over and he's staring at them like there's a big corporate decision that he's making. And he says, 
this thing with the food's got to be resolved. <laughs> 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 That's pretty good. It just hit home for me. I just I thought that was the greatest line. I, I was laughing for 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I like the ending. I did like the ending. I, I mean, the, most shows screw up the, the finale, don't they? Oh, overwhelmingly, right. I think, yeah. Right. But can you think of a show that even comes close to Sopranos? For the Other ending? than BJ and the Bear? <laughs> um, no, no. Other than BJ. I can honestly say I did not see that. Maybe the love boat, Chris. No, I don't no. know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was a good... Um, I, I like that. I, I like that line with the food too, because Tony's throughout the series shown to be a pretty gluttonous person, right? And so I think that definitely highlights it as well. Maybe, maybe Mash closed closed correctly. I didn't see Mash. Mash was um, Ma Mash was a product of the Viet Cong propaganda effort. But anyway, yeah. Well, but I mean, I'm just saying, as far as closing out, uh, I thought it was amusing. Um, but as far as closing it out, not a lot of shows do it well. I thought that was done well. Hmm. High, yeah. high ratings. I mean, look, no matter how it ended, you weren't going to be happy because right. nobody wanted it to end. Do you know, well, I Game remember... Of Thrones ending was, Game of Thrones ending was so terrible that they're, they're actually um, they're, they're going to have some show just for Jon Snow, the, the main character. Right. Or the main character. Yeah. Look, in the, in the morning after Sopranos, you'd have Don Imus and his team all talking about Sopranos, what happened the night before. Same thing on Howard Stern. I mean, it was a, it was a national Who are these guys? Who are these guys you're talking about? Don Imus. I only know the people that were here on our radio frequency at WPSM. <laughs> Don Imus, he's dead now. Howard Stern's gone, gone in radio. He's on, he's on the, what, the satellite now, right? Yeah, but I don't Bernard, know who Howard Stern is. He, what I'm saying is, <laughs> that's what a national phenomenon was. You know, it was so huge that it not only occupied great. HBO on every Sunday night, mm -hmm. but it occupied Monday morning radio. They had all kinds of uh, commercials and everything, too. I mean, it really was something, for sure. Yeah, you weren't cool at the water cooler if you didn't see the, 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 the show. I mean, it right. just was one of those things. Uh, great show, guys. Right. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate Thank it. Man. Yeah. And I always thought it was such a such a classic that it that it, that it went. In, that's how they introduced Curb Your Enthusiasm. They used to follow the Sopranos. It would on Sunday nights. It would follow that the Sopranos. Funny. It's also fun. that that shows you how long Curb Your Enthusiasm has been around for. Oh too. yeah. Oh absolutely. It, it oh, we can say we can say that uh, we were talking about Sopranos because Tony Sirico just died. The he did just die. Yeah. So he did just die. an actual mobster right? who said that he would only do the show if they promised him his character would never be a rat. Really? Yeah. Yep. I thought that was interesting. There was actually a really candid interview with him where he talked about how he, you know, basically ruined his family life. He goes, I fell in love with a girl so bad. Right. And you know, he just laughed. He goes, I didn't even know. I can't tell you now, but I, you know, he regretted it. It's pretty interesting. He, um, I, I, I saw an interview with, with, um, Joe Coffey, who was a, um, who was a New York City famous organized crime detective, who said that the character he played on television was exactly the way he operated on the street when he was a, when he was a mobster. Wow. So he wasn't acting at all. So, uh, that's that's the show, right? That's it. Really it. Is. That's the show, folks. Really and is. we've had fun. Uh, hopefully, we're going to get Jake Ockenclaus on. Don't stop believing, folks. Don't stop believing. <laughs> we're going to get Jake Ockenclaus on to talk about his basically live reaction to the president coming to Correct. his district. He's going to call big, in tomorrow. Big show tomorrow, guys. It's going to be a big show tomorrow, and we're looking forward to hearing from you at 508-996-0500. We will see you guys.